Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Russ Cordell. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. And the world right now has been captured and wrapped up by a spirit and an attitude that is counter to that. People are being merciless. There is darkness out there that needs light in it. And I believe that the enemy is having his way right now in a a big way across our country. And I believe that it's causing fear and concern amongst people both inside and outside the church. But at the same time, sometimes I believe it's possible, it's possible that that spirit that's out there, that attitude that's out there, that destructive nature of what people are doing and saying in its own way can creep in to the church. Why? Because we're all human beings. We exist out there as much as we exist inside the church. And so what I'm bringing today is I want to come after the enemy today on your behalf, on my behalf. I want to come against the enemy today and the spirit that is surrounding us and it is causing challenges within our families, causing challenges within our minds and within our hearts and possibly sometimes even with each other. We have to remember that no matter what the situation, and you've heard me mention it over this pulpit recently, no matter what we see that's happening out there, there is a Lord and Savior who's aware of it all. Every soul, every person deserves the opportunity for reconciliation, for redemption, for forgiveness. If we begin to allow hatred and anger and those negative things that are not part of the fruit of the Spirit to creep into our hearts and we begin to have those aggressive feelings, we are not doing the work of the Lord. So if we're in the flesh and we have the susceptibility to do that, that means we have the susceptibility to do it not only out there because of what's out there, but sometimes what even goes on in here. Now we're flesh, we make our mistakes, we're human, right? Well, I believe it's the call of the pastor today and the word that God has put on my heart to come against the enemy, not come against people, not come against what's going on, but to come against what the enemy would like to do today. And I'm going to do it by exposing the word of God. Can I do that today? I promise you that what I'm going to share with you this morning exists between the two black covers. The promise that I've given you from the very beginning. James chapter 3. My message today, if you want to slap a title on it, is going to be called Tongues and the Oil. This is an extension of the journey I took you through during the COVID shutdown, the journey through the book of Acts. This is the one we don't talk about all that often. We don't get into this topic as much as maybe we should. I want to change that just a little bit today if I can. Tongues and the oil. It's a message about the power of the tongue, both good and bad, and God's purpose for it. James chapter 3, starting at verse 3, says this. It says, Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm. Whithersoever the governor listeth, even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. 
Can I get an amen out there? What's going on? Folks, I want to tell you, there are tongues of fire in this world right now, out there in our environment. And unfortunately, we have the tendency to let it pipe itself into our homes through our media and through our news and through other sources. Why? We want to be informed. We want to know what's going on. That's natural. That's understandable. But there are tongues of fire that are lighting this world up. And I'm not talking about just physical fires. That's happening too. But there are tongues of fire. Our mainstream media... The enemy of the state is continuously lighting and igniting fires that are causing more and more damage and destruction, causing people, good people, who would normally not even engage in some of these activities to begin to ignite destruction in our community. Why? Because tongues of fire lit them up. Tongues of fire are lighting our world on fire right now. That's okay. Don't be afraid. Don't don't worry about that stuff. God knows exactly what's happening and what's going on. He knows the tongues that are lighting the fires. How great a matter a little fire kindleth. Just a little news story, just a little shot here, just a little comment there. Wasn't too long ago that the mainstream media professed an Im- a balance, uh, an impartiality. Well, now they've, that little fire that was there, that little fire that existed, has now lit into a world of fire, and they don't have any shame about it, and they're not hiding it. Verse 6 says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire of hell. You cannot get more profoundly impactful, powerful words out of the word of God. What we do and what the world does and what the media does and everybody else with their tongues literally has the power of the fire of hell if we allow it. It's time we stop it. It's time we come to a stand and say that this tongue is going to be used for the glorifying of God, the spreading of the word, and no more for the work of the enemy. Verse 7, for every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. 8, but the tongue can no man tame. That verse right there should be at the tip of your tongue. Everybody, every time someone says, hey, why does your church believe in this tongue stuff? You think the tongues is still for today. You guys are into that tongues thing. Yes, we are, because the tongue can no man tame. So if God wants your heart, if he wants to fill you with his presence, with his spirit within you, and I'm gonna talk a little bit further why the spirit has to be in you, within you, inside your heart, not just you feel warm and fuzzy, not just you had an experience, not just that God is with you, but that that spirit is within you. How does he do it? He tames that tongue. If he can take the worst part of you, if he can take the most untamable factor of your whole body, not your brain, not your heart, not your elements, but if he can take that tongue and he can tame it, he can fill you with his Holy Ghost. The tongue can no man tame. Is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. That tongue in your mouth, regardless of whether you've had God for a year, 30 years, your entire life, or you don't have God yet, is full of potential deadly poison. Verse 9 says that therewith we bless God, even the Father, and therewith we curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. You're cursing men, you're attacking men, people out there, they're cursing men, they're saying things, they're attacking a certain type of people, certain set of beliefs. Well, you're cursing what God created is what that says. You better watch out. 
Verse 10 says, out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing. My brethren, look at this last part of verse 10 now. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Period. End of story. Now verse, you can be seated this morning. Now verse 11 through 18 goes on to say, talks about will a, will a fountain uh, put out sweet water and, and bitter water at the same time? Will a fig tree bear, bear a berry and will a berry tree or the vine bear f- uh, figs? He's drawing the conclusion that you can't be dual-minded. You can't be a dual thing. You can't be both and be honoring and pleasing to God. Now what they're spewing out there, the hatred and, and, and the vitriol and the anger is all being done through the tongue. See, our mass media, broadcast communication, social media, just pumping it out there and pumping it out there and pumping it out there. And it gets inside people and it starts to create something. And that fire of hell catches on fire. And it turns perfectly good people into nasty, vicious, angry people willing to say what they want to say. I see this, unfortunately, occasionally on Facebook. I have good friends. I'm not talking about anybody in the church now. People, co-workers, people I stay in touch with, people I'm trying to win to the Lord. And I see them in battle with their friends, with family members, ripping each other apart with that vile tongue. Boy, the enemy's got a hold of it today. Devil, we're coming against the power that you have over the tongue today. We're stomping on the devil's head today over this issue. Once and for all, resolve in our hearts and our minds that this tongue is not going to be used for the work of the enemy. In Jesus' name. Proverbs 18 and 21 says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. That they love, that, they, they, that they, uh, those that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You know that there are young people, because of the power of the tongue, something said to them, something that, that, was, that shredded them, people that have attacked them, take their lives based on words that other young people say. But it's not just young people that that happens to. You know, that old sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Whoever said that ought to be taken to the woodshed and thrashed three times a day for the rest of eternity. That's wrong. Words are destructive. The military used to say, loose lips sink ships. Men died because people let words out that they shouldn't let. This tongue is full of deadly poison and fire if we allow it. Look at what Romans chapter 14 says. Turn with me to Romans 14. This is Paul now. Writing a letter to the church at Rome, verse 14, excuse me, chapter 14, verse 10. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set it not thy brother? In other words, why you push him away? Who's thy brother? Your neighbor, your fellow mankind. It's not talking literally about your family member, per se, that, that's included, but it's talking about your fellow man. I've talked at this pulpit before about man's inhumanity to man, what they're doing out there right now. But I'm telling you, this stuff has the tendency to be able to creep into the church, creep into good people with it, just not even becoming aware, not even understanding. We justify and we rationalize sometimes our opinions and our thoughts. We feel that it's justified because it's for the better good, because I know what is good. But this scripture, Paul is saying, why do you judge your brother? Why do you push him away? Why do you, why do you set it not your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. How many of us are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ? All of us, everyone. So why do it, right? Why let the enemy get in and get us challenged to begin judging that brother, pushing them away? He says in verse 11, for it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee will bow to me 
and every tongue shall confess to God, so then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Folks, when I stand before God, I want to be able to say that of all things, of all things that are in the course of my life and what I've done, both in ministry and as a, as a parent and as a friend, as a neighbor, as a cousin, as a son, uh, as a father, above all things that I want to say to the Lord, I want to be able to stand there and say, but I bridled my tongue, but I used it to help people. I used it to reach out. I did my best to always do my best with, with this power that I have between my gums. Paul reiterated the same thing, Philippians chapter 2, 10 and 11. You don't have to turn there. But once again, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We're all going to stand there and we're going to talk to him. And we're going to make an account. Matthew 12 and 36 tells us on the day of judgment, we will give an account for every word, every idle word that we've said. Do you understand? Are you getting it? How powerful our words are. The things that we do with our tongue, we're going to give account before Jesus. Well, God, I didn't really mean that. Here's the problem. I saw this. I, my brother was doing this, or my sister was doing that, or I just felt like, you know, I needed to. No. I said a moment ago, the tongue can no man tame. It's the one thing. It's the one thing that if God can get you to surrender that, that powerful, wicked tongue that we all have, if he can get you to tame that, if he can get a hold of that and surrender that, then he knows he can have the rest. He can get a hold of you. He can open up that heart. Because part of that process is we come up and we feel that God's calling us. We're drawn by his spirit, the Bible says, and we can get a hold of that thing and God knows that the heart is being drawn. Well, he's got to surrender that tongue. He's got to get a hold of it. Why? Because he's got to fill you inside. The Holy Ghost has to have that pathway in. And so by surrendering your tongue, the repentance part is the first part. We got to ask him. We got to clear our heart. The Bible says he's not going to put new wine into old wine skins. What he's talking about is that old heart, that old heart that's sitting there, it's crusty and old, it's got sin on it, it's got things that we've done wrong he's not going to put a holy ghost in that heart what he wants to do is he wants to hear that tongue begin to say god i haven't lived my life right god i want to repent of the sins that i've committed against you god just please cleanse my heart empty this soul give me a new wine skin inside because i want that spirit dwelling inside me that's why the tongue has to be tamed. That's why you crazy Pentecostals, you nutty Pentecostals that thinks this tongue-talking thing is some kind of a weird deal, that's why you guys want that tongue tamed. Because you know when you do that, you can loose that tongue to ask God's forgiveness, open your heart, make new wine skins, and receive his spirit inside you. Why is that so important, Pastor? I'm going to tell you in just a minute. Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4 you can follow me if you want to. The day of Pentecost, the day when Jesus returned in the form of the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm just, I'm tagging back into my journey through Acts through, from COVID, okay? I'm taking you there where this is going. We, we just looked at the bad stuff now, all right? I had to get the bad part out. Is that all right? Is that the word of God? Okay. Are we all in the flesh and all human beings? Are we all susceptible to make those mistakes? Amen. But we also have a tongue of forgiveness and reconciliation. We can make that change. We can get better at it. I work at it every single day. I work at it. 
Acts 2, 1 through 4, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the day that Jesus chose to return to the earth in the form of the Holy Spirit, to bring his spirit into the world, that he could infill mankind. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. What does that mean? They were unified. They were together. Does that mean they agreed on everything, on how things should go or what they should do? No, but they listened to the master. And the master said, go and tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. They were listening to the master. They were being obedient to that word. Maybe they didn't agree on every aspect of this process, but they were in one mind, they were in one accord, and they were following the words of the master. And verse 2 says that, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven what? Tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Seven of them were? No. Most of them were filled with the Holy Ghost? No. All of them were full of the Holy Ghost. It started with prayer. It started with a surrender with their tongues. It started with a unified heart, being in one accord. Faith. And he filled all of them because of it. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Spirit gave them utterance. It's not some crazy trance thing, some kind of a cuckoo thing that we do in left field. God gives us a language. We release that tongue and we begin to speak words that we don't understand. We don't really get it. It's kind of scary. It's kind of spooky. We don't like to talk about it with our friends. We don't like to put it on our broadcast to the whole wide world because, gosh, that still sounds strange. I want people to come to my church. I don't want them to think we're weird. And I'm telling you today, if you look at what's going on out there, there's so many different forms of tongues that are being spoken in the world surrounding you and nobody thinks a word about it. But you come into the church and God fills somebody with their spirit and they begin speaking with that heavenly language and that's too strange. I can't handle that stuff. I'm telling you today, this tongues lasted and began longer than any tongue that you ever experienced in the world. That was the sign of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Infilling inside us. Romans chapter 8, 9 through 11 says it this way, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Now there's a, there's a disclaimer here. There's a disclaimer. You're in the spirit. How? If so be that the spirit of God dwell around you, with you, or in you. In you means inside, within your mortal body. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Remember I said a moment ago, I was going to tell you why this is important. I'm getting into the meat. If you don't have the Spirit of Christ in you, if you didn't surrender that tongue, if you didn't empty out that old crusty heart wineskin and allow the Spirit to come in and fill you, you are none of His. Man, that's harsh language, Pastor. People are believing that they feel something warm and fuzzy. They go to church. They feel God around them. I understand that. That's a beginning step. That's a good thing. If you can profess to me that I've praised and I've worshipped God and I've lifted up my hands and I just feel something special, that's a big step. That's God calling you. That's not a bad thing. That's God saying, hey, I want you. But he wants something more. He wants a surrender of that tongue so he can fill your heart with his spirit in you so that you can be something of his. Verse 10 says, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. What kind of life is that? Eternal, eternal life. I'm gonna prove that here in just a minute. 
Jesus said in John 7 and 38, he that believeth on me out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. You see, oil and water in the Bible are interchangeable when it talks about the work and the power of God. Both of them have cleansing power. Both of them have cleaning power. Uh, uh, water is the universal solvent. Oil is the thing that we anointed. They anointed uh, the priests uh, with oil. They anointed people for healing. The balm of Gilead was a form of an oil that created a healing effect. Jesus is the balm of Gilead. Mark 16, 17 says it this way, and these signs shall follow them that believe. I talk to so many sincere folks. They believe. I've confessed my belief in Jesus. But it says that for them that believe, these signs will follow them. In my name shall they cast out devils. Now, do you think in scripture or any time other than that, our devils cast out because we stomp our foot? Do we cast out devils by waving our hand real hard? Doing the sign of the cross? How do we cast out devils? With that tongue that's between your gums, professing the word of God. And it says, they shall cast out devils. And what else? They shall speak with new tongues. You know what that means in new tongues? It means tongues that you've never known before. Tongues that you don't know the words to. Well, why is that important, Pastor? Why do we have to speak in a language we don't know? That seems odd to me. I'm going to tell you that right now, too. If you know the words that are coming out of your mouth as you're praising and you're singing those wonderful praises of God, this up here can interfere with this right here. And sometimes this right here. These two things will work against this. Okay? So God gives us a language that we don't understand. We can't defile it with our own thoughts, with our own infusion, with our own opinions. So that heavenly language is powerful because it is a pure language between what's inside here and God Almighty. Pure perfect language. If you've got a wineskin full of new wine, which is grape juice, by the way, do you want all kinds of crud and things floating around in there, grape leaves and sticks and twigs, or do you want that stuff to pour out into your glass, that Welch's grape juice? You want that thing to come out just nice and perfect and clear and pure. Well, that's what God wants too. New tongues. It's the Holy Ghost in us, by the way, and we've got to get this other factor. This is a factor of the tongue. It is the Holy Ghost that exists inside you that is going to be the factor that when God returns for his church, when the rapture of the church happens, when we are translated, the Bible says that we are transformed. Guess what's going to be the factor for that? What is the transforming agent? Those of you in, in, in chemistry and those of you in machinery, what is the active agent in that situation? He says again in Romans, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. That word quicken means transform. It means he's going to transform your body from flesh into spirit form. Okay, so you got to understand with me now. Imagine this. Now, this is for the people that are dead and the people that are alive. But let's take a live person. God is dwelling inside you, and that trumpet blasts, and, and, and the archangel Gabriel blows the horn, and it's rapture time. The Bible says in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, the trump of God shall sound, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and they that are alive and remain shall go and meet him in the air. How does it happen? Because the spirit within you quickens transforms your mortal body into spirit and draws you out of this world within you.
Oil in scripture, as I said, is symbolic of the Holy Ghost. You can look it up. You can check it all over the place. You can look it in your Bible. You can research the whole thing. Oil in the Bible is akin to the Holy Ghost. When we anoint people with oil, we're literally engaging the Holy Ghost. Sister Ice has brought brought a cloth today for someone who's in dire need of healing, a healing touch. In the book of Acts chapter 19, Paul couldn't make it everywhere. People wanted him to go to come and heal him. They literally anointed with oil pieces of his clothing. And they could take those on a journey to the people that were sick in dire need of healing. And the oil prayed over, anointed. And those pieces of clothing healed people. That's the power of that oil. It is a representation of the Holy Ghost. Look at Isaiah chapter 61 and 1. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. That still applies today, by the way. All of those things are happening now. Now, maybe we're not all literal prison, although there's some folks challenged in that area, but it's talking about the prisons of life that bind us up. How? Through the anointing. Through the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Jesus requoted that, and he was actually reading that passage. In Luke chapter 4 and 18, Jesus is in the temple reading that passage from Isaiah because that prophecy was about him. Acts 10 and 38 tells it like this. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Okay, that anointing with power in the Holy Ghost. There it is in Acts 10 and 38. If you questioned my thoughts on that. Now I want, to talk, I want to take you to Matthew chapter 25. Most of us know this parable very well. But I want to run through it one more time. Let's learn what the oil represents in Matthew 25. The parable of the ten versions goes like this. 25 and verse 1. Turn with me there. It says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins. What does pastor say whenever you read something in the Bible when the kingdom of heaven is likened unto You better perk up your ears, better turn on your radar, because he's saying this is how you get there. This is how you get there. It is likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Who's the bridegroom? Jesus, that's right. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. And they that were foolish took their lamps and they took no what? No oil with them. But But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. All of them slept. Folks, I've been hearing about the return of God since, since I was a kid, since the early 80s. God's coming back soon. God's coming back soon. I want to take a break just for a second from this passage. I want to tell you something. I interact with pastors all over this, this district and several throughout the country. I want to tell you that for the first time in probably better than 20 years, I am hearing pastors once again say that the time is very close. Sister Vicki Vernon called me the other day. She's traveling in the southeast with her, with her husband. And uh, I asked her how things were going. She says, well, there's trouble. There's trouble going on. The churches are struggling right now. There's unrest in the church. People are tearing one another up. And it's getting a little dicey in certain places. She looked, and then all of a sudden she got real quiet. And she said, Brother Cordell, Jesus' return is very, very close. Then I talked to another pastor. Jesus' return is very, very close. Those of you that are on Facebook with Brother Steve Rogers at Elam, he talked to a man from India. They're lining people up right now, lining them up to baptize them in Jesus' name. Why? Because they're telling, they're telling these evangelists, these, these missionaries are saying, I, there's something in the air. There's something in the ether. Jesus' return is very close. It's closer than ever before. I'm believing that right now the time is incredibly short. I believe it. 
And that's why God has laid it so hard on my heart to teach this message about tongues. We gotta get things right, folks. We gotta take that tongue and turn off the flesh and we start, it's gotta start getting it working for God. Don't worry about politics. Don't worry about who lets you down, who disappointed you, what judgment you have on somebody else. Forget all that stuff. Turn to God and use that tongue for the power of the ministry. In Jesus' name. Folks, the the devil wants us to get after one another. He wants us to tear each other up. It doesn't matter what's going on in those things. You can work that out. The Bible says if you got ought against somebody, get together with them and let them know. Go to that person. If you know that somebody has ought against you, leave your offering at at the platform and go and find them and make it right. Forget about all this politics stuff and gerrymandering and things that happen and your uncle made you mad because he believes in a different presidential candidate than you do. It doesn't matter. What's going to happen in November is going to happen in November. Do your part. Love your country that God blessed you with. Do everything you can. Get out there and vote. But I'm telling you, turn that tongue for the purpose of Jesus. Verse 5 again, so that while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. We get tired. It's been a long message, but I'm waking you up right now. I'm shaking you right now and saying, get back, get back awake again now because the bridegroom's coming. See, the problem was they slept, and at midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all of those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Why did they need lamps? Because it was at night, and they needed something to light their way. They needed something to light their way to the master's house. And without the lamps, they can't find their way. And the foolish said unto the wise, give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell. Folks, I'm selling the oil right now. Not me, it's not my oil. The pastors and the ministers and the teachers and the leaders are selling the oil right now. You understand? We're selling the oil. The oil's here for you. You can get it right now. Go to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready, were ready, went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. What happened in the days of Noah when he tried to preach to the people and bring them in, pled with them, come, come, the rains are coming, the rains are coming. What happened when the day when the rain started falling? What did God do? He took that giant door of the ark and he slammed it shut permanently and forever and for good. Everyone standing outside this ark. This is an ark. This building right here. Your heart is an ark. Everyone standing outside of that ark is going to have a door slammed in their face and it's never going to open again. Do you understand? Afterward came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. I know you not. I have no relationship with you. I don't know who you are. Matthew chapter 7, when the people are standing before God, and they professed all the great things they did for God, but they were missing one critical element. They were missing the Spirit. They didn't have the Holy Ghost. And Jesus looks at them and he says, Depart from me, ye that work iniquity, for I knew you not. It's the same words. Watch therefore, ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. And of course he's talking about the rapture of the church. Closing this morning. 
think I've made my point. I'm not sorry for being so passionate. I'm not sorry for being angry at the enemy. I'm not sorry for laying down the word hard because I love every single person in this room and every person that's watching us on this trans, this trans, this thing today. I love every one of them. And I love them enough to say, I'm faulty. I make mistakes. I'm willing to make it right. But I'm willing to keep my tongue tied up when it comes to the things that the devil wants people to say and do. And I want you to do the same. You've got to understand it's at your jeopardy. Listen to Ephesians chapter 5 and 14 as I'm closing this morning. Ephesians 5 and 14 says it like this. It says, wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead and Christ shall give thee light. What is he giving you light from? From the oil that's burning in his lamp. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Are these days out here we're living in evil today? Do you look, you see darkness everywhere you look? Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding that the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. Now listen to this next part, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. When you walk about your day, walking in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, do you know that you don't need some magical trance to come over you to begin speaking and praying in the Spirit and speaking in tongues? You don't need to be triggered by something. You don't need a warm and fuzzy feeling coming from your music service at church. You can get up in the morning, you can say praise God, and you can start entering into a mouth of tongues, praying in the spirit, and doing battle on your knees in the Holy Ghost every single day. It's a lie from the enemy that you have to have some reason to speak in tongues. You can do it now. Every one of you this moment could get up and begin speaking in tongues. It's not fake. It's not foolish. It's not contrived. It's not made up in your mind. It's the Holy Ghost that's living inside you. Just as I'm speaking in this language right now, I can speak some of my Spanish right now. I can say, Porque ya estás aquí. Tenemos una cheque sin pedido. That's Spanish. You don't know what I just said. It doesn't matter. It's from a business thing. It's one of the phrases I know really well. But see, I didn't need to be cute to Sister Dahlgren's laughing at me right now. You know what I said, didn't you? <laughs> I don't need to be cued to speak a little bit of Spanish. I certainly don't need to be cued to speak English. I can speak in German a little bit. Ich bin keine Dunkoff. Ich lerne Deutsch. I just said, I'm no dummy, I learned German. You can speak in tongues like that. You have the power to do that. When things are coming against you, when challenges are out there and all you see is darkness and you need a way maker and a miracle worker, a promise keeper, you get on your knees and you go to battle and the Holy Ghost, you start speaking in tongues, lay it out there and if you want to, get up in that bedroom or wherever you are and shout it out in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And do that battle whenever you want to. Folks, I'm getting the shackles off of you today. I'm getting these shackles off of you, holding you back. Forget all this stuff. Forget all this, this conventional wisdom. Oh, it's not very dignified, Brother Corl. That's not very dignified to do that. Oh, I don't know if that's right. That seems a little contrived. That's mocking God's word. No, it's not. The Apostle Paul said, I'm glad that I speak tongues more than you all. In the church, he wants us to speak tongues and edify one another. 
tongues that can be interpreted. That's a gift. But in your life and in your walk, every time you get behind the wheel and you've got nothing better to do but drive for a half an hour to work, you just get a hold of God in Jesus' name. And pray that power for the day. And that person that's at your job that's been tormenting you, he's going to be sewn up and zipped up, ain't going to say a word. That was from my good friend, Miss Deanna, who has faced that, and she has carried the word through that awesome tongue of hers. Filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You can stand with me this morning. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. You know what submitting yourselves one to another is? If you're a blockhead pastor... A man in flesh, prone to mistakes, does something stupid, makes a mistake, says something the wrong way, offends you the wrong way, doesn't live up to your expectations, give me a chance to to forgive or be forgiven. Give me a chance. Submit yourself one to another. You submit to me, you come to me. Instead Instead of being angry with me and being upset with me, you can come to me and say, man, you said something the other day. Boy, that didn't sound right. That really kind of hurt me. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to submit myself to you and say, my goodness. Brother Carlson, I am so sorry. I didn't know that I'm making this up. I don't know. Unless he told you something, I don't know. My goodness, Brother Carlson, I love you. I am so sorry. Please forgive me. Is it, what can I do to make it up? And then embrace my brother. I'm telling you today, the job of filling the oil in your lamps comes through speaking in tongues, speaking in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit. Your lamps need to be full of oil right now. The master is on his way back. Go now to the one that sells. Now again, I'm telling you, I'm selling it, but guess what? There's a greater salesman than me, and he's found right here. Come down and get a hold of the one that sells the oil. Fill your lamps every day. Tame that tongue. If you're one that's prone to get a little bit critical, maybe you get a little bit frustrated, you've got something to say, tame it now. You've had a lifetime time to let that thing fly. I'm telling you today, lock it up. Lock it up and prepare to submit yourselves and pray in the Spirit. Be careful for the temptation that you have that the tongue takes you the wrong way. Walk in the Spirit. What does that mean? Pray and read and testify of the good things of God. Don't go to some place and say, man, this guy at my church really made me mad. He did this wrong and that wrong. Go in there and say, this is a miracle that God did for me. That's walking in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit in your tongues in that wonderful heavenly language. What an awesome gift. What an incredible gift that you're full of that you can pray that way and the devil and you can't interfere with it. It's perfect. It's like a code language the enemy can never break. Remember the code talkers in World War II? They spoke Navajo. Nobody could break that language. That's what this is. And the devil can't know what I'm planning between me and God. Pray in the spirit and keep filling your lamps. The altar is open this morning and I, I'm spent. Sister Cordell and I are leaving for vacation this afternoon. We're going to be gone for eight days. Yeah, I know. Amen. He's gone. I love you all. The altar is open this morning. Let's get a hold of the word and fill our lamps today. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 
or email us at info at AbundantLifeChurch.org.